Hello, welcome to What She's Thinking. I'm your host, Greg Schwartz, your coach for online dating. I'm asking a group of women questions on dating, sex, and other topics, all submitted by men like you. To get your questions answered, go to makeonlinedatingfun.com slash questions. So here's the interview. All right, so my name is Jay, and what I do for a living is I am a fitness director, and I also am a professor at the University of San Francisco. And what I'm passionate about is music and acting and pretty much everything creative. And I would say fun facts about me. I was on a show, A Dating Story, a long time ago, which is perfect for this podcast. Totally. I sang at Carnegie Hall for three years when I was living in New York. I'm an East Coaster, which is probably why I'm blunt and like, let's just get to the point. Oh, I'm super passionate about coaching people in a variety of different programs. I'm loud. I'm a Leo. I totally am childlike and believe everything should be fun. And if it's not fun, I'm not really interested in doing it. I'm Lene, Dr. Lene St. John. I am a sex and relationship coach, blogging online as The Mama Sutra at themamasutra.net. I also help parents talk to their kids openly and honestly about sex. I kind of used to joke that going back to study sex for my graduate degree was because I was this I was always stuck in my adolescence in kind of like the mind of a 14-year-old boy all the time. (laughs) But as a woman, you know, like I always was thinking dirty jokes or like things like that. Like that was always me growing up. And so going into study sex was just sort of a natural thing for me. But I'm also kind of a gadget geek. I guess up until the iPad, I was like one of those bleeding edge people. I always had to have the latest tech, (laughs) but kind of lost it after the iPad. Um, maybe because of the iPad. (laughs) I can relate on both those points. I guess personality wise, sometimes, well, I'm a total brat, actually. I can say say that and state that with confidence that I'm a brat. Like if you try to tell me what to do, I'm definitely going to do the other thing. Like just to be like that. I grew up in the Midwest, Minnesota born, Iowa bred, or no, I guess it's be raised. (laughs) Then I went to school in Wisconsin. But I've lived in New York City, I've lived in Germany, and then now I live in California. So I've kind of like been everywhere. <laughs> so what's a good first date activity? What's one that's boring or overdone? I think the, a good first date activity is something that's like something fun where you can communicate with the person, but that also has the opportunity to be short enough that if you guys both decide you don't like each other, you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's a good one. So... I've thought about this one recently. Um, I think my favorite first date activity is going to an arcade. I like finding something that's a little, it's got a little competitive nature to it because I find that that's also how I am. <laughs> but um, but to go to like an arcade or go go-karting or, you know, do something active. Um, somebody also asked recently, what's something good to do in the fall or in the in the winter? And I was like, well, there's, Lots of things to do outside. I guess it depends on what part of the country you're in. But um, like apple picking, it's probably way past that season now for <laughs> most of the country. But um, like apple picking, going on a hike, um, doing something outdoors. But it's important to figure out what the other person is interested in because you might find somebody, you might find a woman who's like super femme and, you know, always wearing high heels and makeup and, you know, fully done up, she might not be the type that wants to go on a hike. (laughs) 
So it's kind of one of those things where you have to gauge the person and maybe when you're trying to figure out what first date to do to say, you know, here are some ideas, what, what sticks, right? What are you particularly interested in? Nice. So what are your top two languages of love? I remember mine being one of them is acts of service, but I can't remember the other one. That's okay. My two top love languages are words of affirmation and quality touch. No, quality time. Um, physical touch used to be at the top, um, but it seems like right now I'm in a phase where words of affirmation and quality time are like neck and neck. Nice. Mm. And how do you really like it when guys sort of, or I should say, what do you really like men to do to really speak to those languages of love for you? Or speak in those languages is maybe a better way to say it. So for me, the biggest part is, and I get dinged for this because it's not something I do all the time, the quality time one in particular, where I have my phone on and I it's in my hand when we're like sitting down watching a movie. Um, but I like it when my partner puts away the phone. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Put okay. it down and we can finish watching whatever show we're watching on Netflix. But like that's for me, that's the quality time. When you can set that aside, that's amazing. Nice. Um, for me, because acts of service. So I tend to never ask for help, but I need it. <laughs> but I'm not going to ask you for it. So like if you see... <laughs> okay you can laugh if you see me I don't know if you hear me say like I don't know that I need all these things done or that I need help with something and if you ask me for help I won't I'll be like no I'm fine but if you just did it I'd be so thankful interesting okay what's a way you like for a man to create connection on a date with you I would say asking questions yeah like that shows like to me, that would show like you're curious about like who I am and what I'm up to in my life. Mm-hmm. Are there yeah. specific kinds of questions or is there a way of asking questions that works well versus doesn't? Well, I just want, I wanted to add on to that first because that that's a hundred percent for me as well. Being able to connect by asking questions. There've been plenty of dates I've been on where the guy just talks about himself and there's no engagement where he shows any interest in what I'm doing or who I am. Right. Like that yeah. first date where they just sort of take over and talk about themselves. I guess it's just a matter of finding a topic that you have an interest in and then seeing if your partner or if your date knows anything about that or or just asking them, what kind of book have you read? What, you know, what movie have you seen recently? Just trying to find something to engage on. <laughs> One thing I've noticed too is I feel like men get hypersensitive when women ask them questions. And there's a huge difference between asking someone a question and being questioned. You know what I mean? Say a little more about that. What's the difference for you? Like, I'm not asking you a question because I am like drilling you or like, I'm not a cop. You know, (laughs) I just am curious, like consider maybe I'm actually curious about you and your life and like what you're up to. It's not like I have a list where I'm like, check, check, check. Like if I'm asking something, it's truly because I am genuinely authentically wanting to know about it versus, you know, crossing things off my agenda. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because And I wonder if the men who get really offended or offensive get on the offensive about that. If, like, what was their relationship growing up with being asked questions? Like, were that 
did their parents not have very good boundaries and were always asking them questions that they felt like they needed to be yeah. guarded about or yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I would, I would wonder way. about that too. That is an interesting It's almost thing. like a trigger sometimes yeah. for certain people. Hmm. But so what I'm hearing is him asking questions to you is definitely a way to feel connected. And then also there's a good chance you're going to be asking him questions back and having him take that as interest rather than you, I think you said interrogating him. Yeah. Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yes. Nice. Um, so then I guess since guys are probably going, okay, so ask questions. What do I ask about? So what topics do you like to talk about on a first date? I mean, the easy stuff for me is like asking about movies, asking about Netflix, you know, what are you watching right now? What are you listening to? What are you, you know, just sort of asking that question about, you know, what have, what have you been up to? I'm worse. I, I say worse because <laughs> I would be like, well, what are like the three things that you're most proud of in your life? Or like, what are you the most passionate about? And just see what they said. Oh, that's not worse. That's better. I don't know. It's like one of those, I ask those questions that people are like, oh, well, why'd they have to ask that? first date questions because you're really kind of getting at some really deep stuff. It's yeah. not just that. I mean, just like what they're all about. surface. So it's like the easy in, like, let's start talking about something. And I think there's <laughs> there's definitely men that would be like, oh, yeah, okay, I can do the easy stuff, no problem. And there'd be men that are like, I'm so tired of talking about my favorite kind of music. But, like, what are you passionate about? That lights them up. Yeah. So I wouldn't call that worse. It's just different. Different. Okay. Yeah. Deeper. <laughs> exactly. How does your How is your dating life affected by your career and your work? I would say it depends. So t- with my job, like with cert- when certain deadlines are coming up, that's first. If I maybe, especially if it's a first date, maybe if I've been dating you for a really long time and I can like explain like, okay, I have this amount of time, but it doesn't mean that I'm not interested in you, that kind of thing. <laughs> for the longest time, um, I wouldn't tell people what I did at all. As a sexologist, immediately it was either going to be, oh, what are you going to teach me? Or yeah, or some sort of like notch in the bedpost, you know, definitely hook up just to be able to say they, you know, they slept with a sexologist or whatever, but like that kind of, that tend to get in the way. So for the longest time, I didn't tell anyone what I did. I just said I was an educator mm-hmm. and that seemed boring enough that nobody really asked more. <laughs> <laughs> nobody asked more. Okay. And I was laughing because recently I was reminded that the first time I told the guy I'm dating now what I did, it was like date four and I'd invited him to a book signing, but the book signing was for a sex book. <laughs> and ah, I, I didn't, and then I didn't the truth put, came out. yeah, I didn't put two and two together because it was such a natural thing for me <laughs> to take, you know, I was going to go to the thing anyway. Do you want to come along? And, you know, his, his face was kind of like, <laughs> totally puzzled with this kind of like, where am I kind of look? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. So then, so yeah, that's that's impacted dating for sure. But being able to find somebody who, for him, being able to talk about sex or, you know, whatever, it was just sort of like, it was no big deal. So as long as it's no big deal, then we're good. <laughs> I actually totally relate. Being a dating coach is something I often did not bring up on the first or second date 
because it would have similar effects of either, you know, freak out or like, tell me everything you know. And sort of like this, neither of these is what I want on a date. Like, let's connect, not talk about like, let me teach you things. Yeah. So I totally understand. (laughs) So how can we as guys tell when you're not interested in us? Okay. For me, this one is, it depends on where I've been in my life. And what I mean by that is when I was younger and sort of more needy, I would just, I would respond to any and every text, right? And so immediately you knew I wasn't interested because I wasn't answering back, right? But I find now that it's more, I don't know, it's its a more nuanced thing. You're going to know I'm not interested because if, if there've been, if there's been an interaction we've had where something didn't go great, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I'm likely going to say, you know, Hey, when we talked about this thing, you know, and, and just sort of break it down a little bit instead of ghosting or, you know, disappearing like I used to, I would totally disappear for a few days. And that's, to me, that's a respect thing. We definitely appreciate that. <laughs> I would say to ask, I think that goes both ways. Like I've been on dates where I thought they went really well. And then there was something that I've said that offended somebody else. Like, right. You just never talk about it or where, I don't know, maybe the person's really interested in me and I don't feel the same way. So I feel like maybe they're like, a. Oh, this sounds so lame, but like a recap, like, Hey, like, how did you think that went? Like, would you like to go out again? Like, what did you see that was great about it? Or what was something that like, I don't know, is missing from it that maybe we aren't a good match. I think the reason that, that I mean, guessing the reason why this got submitted is that probably this guy keeps getting blindsided with, oh, that was a great date. And then she won't, you know, mm-hmm. answer his text. So he doesn't really know when he should ask would be my supposition. So what do you think would be some of the signs he should look for of like, mm, okay, maybe she's not as interested. And now maybe I should ask rather than just flat out asking her on a date on another date. And then she ghosts. I would say... Ask what you want when you want to know. Like, just be super bold, even if you're terrified, and just say, I really like you. I'd like to ask you on another date. I don't know how you feel about that. Like, what do you what do you think? Versus, like, playing these games of, like, are they going to write me back? Are they going to call me back? Or are they going to write me back? You know? So, yeah. and then it just makes it simple. It's black and white, in a sense, versus living in this... Cause that's awful. Like that feeling of reaching out to somebody and then having them not reach back to you. And then they may pop up like, you know. And I think the nuance that you're, you're describing is not just, Hey, I want to go on a second date, but Hey, I want to take you on a second date. How does that sound to you? Is that the distinction you're making there? Of yeah. And really say, her, you but... might be able to even say like, add into it. Like, just know if you're not interested, I'm okay with it. I just wanted to ask, you know, just, because they might feel, I don't know, women are weird sometimes. They yeah. <laughs> they yeah, might say yes, and then they ditch you, and that's dumb. They just, just yeah, be, yeah. like, bold and be like, I'm not. Well, this I wanted isn't a to, good match. I wanted to add on to what you said, too, because when there are times where a guy is up front like that, um, sometimes women get kind of freaked out or weirded out, and they don't know how to respond. It's not just it's not just the guy, it's also the woman because, right, like, women can be weird too. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it boils down to, you know, if you're asking for what you want and the woman you're interested in 
isn't respectful of the fact that you're asking for what you want, she's not your person. Totally. Because <laughs> if you can't be direct and you're dancing or she's dancing around this thing, move on to somebody else because yeah. she's got stuff she's got to figure out. <laughs> And guys, I know that sounds like, what? I worked so hard to find this person. Yeah. That is a you know a limiting belief you have of this is the only match you've got. Oh, yeah. For and sure. I totally get that. It's a thing. And that's why they're saying to move on because this person isn't a good match no matter what you're going to do with her. Yeah. A hundred percent. And in the beginning, it's always the best. So if they're already being like crappy with you in the beginning, the <laughs> odds of them being better later are slim. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> that that it, for the listeners just got some real amused and and yeah laughter on this end so could you rate your sex drive compared to the average woman's it's gonna ebb and flow i would say now it's probably less than it was but comparing it to other people i don't know that i can really compare it I would agree with that. Like, I've never even asked a girl this question before, so I want to be able to say, like, hey. But for me personally, I know that my sex drive has changed depending on the partner that I'm with. So there are certain people that I've dated in the past where it's like, I couldn't wait to rip off all their clothes. And then there were other people where it was like, all right, well, I guess we should make out. (laughs) You know, I mean, just being really honest, but... It was like, it wasn't that like, holy crap, I can't wait until I like get you someplace so that I can take advantage of you versus like, all right. (laughs) So definitely more about the person. And I don't see that that has changed regardless of my age, to be honest. How is your libido or your sex life affected by your career and your work, particularly around like work stress or, you know, assignments or things like that? I think my career has actually helped me figure out more like the self-care stuff that I need, which does affect my libido. Um, If I'm able to relax and take it easy and, and meditate or whatever, like I'm able to get better into my body. Also, there's a lot of different embodiment exercises you could do that can help you sort of get back into your body. But I don't know that for being a sexologist, it's, Like it is seriously talking or discussing or writing about sex 20 hours of the day. And there's, (laughs) um, yeah, it doesn't really get old, but it's, it's really interesting. It, it, I don't know. Libido hasn't changed. It just, I just feel like I'm talking about it or writing about it or blogging about it (laughs) all the time. I'm like 20 hours a day. What are you, are you sleeping for four hours a day? I mean, there are days when, yeah, I get to bed really late. It's not like like a common thing, but (laughs) I'm either creating curriculum or, uh, you know, I'll stay up late writing blog posts, but I was just, I just drew a blank. There was something I was, oh, I just finished up working on a task force. So like literally outside activities, home stuff, like it's all maybe 20 is a little, it's more like 18. Maybe I probably should expand myself a little past everything sex. It's kind of ridiculous. I'm just a little <laughs> worried about your only four hours. <laughs> uh, from here, I'd say, I guess, and I guess this ties in with acts of service. So if I'm super stressed out about a deadline or something, I will put everything else aside for that, which is sad, but it's true. So I would almost need to have someone 
like kidnap me and like bring me someplace, right? Like take me out of my stress environment so that I could have the freedom to relax and because otherwise, but I, I would not, the odds of me doing that myself are slim. Mm. Like I would need to be enticed. It would be like, oh my God, that is a really good idea. We should do that. So outside of online dating, what are your favorite ways to meet potential partners and dates? Out. Like going to a bar or something like that. Like you just like chatting with people randomly that you meet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love watching people. Mm-hmm. So like going to, I don't know, like a lounge or something like that. And you see somebody or you, or like I love having parties and inviting lots of my friends because mm-hmm. then they invite their friends. And I've found that a lot of my friends like my other friends. So that's great because then they're hooking up with my friends. And I'm like, yay, now everybody's friends. So I don't know. That's my out. When you said out, I knew exactly what you meant. Like just being out and doing the things that I like to do. If I can find somebody who also likes doing those things I like to do, whether it's dancing or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, going to a class to learn how to cook, right? Like if I can find something that I really like to do and then just naturally meet somebody, that's amazing. Because then maybe we have that one thing in common to start with. What can your partner do to help you feel that you can be open and clear with your requests around sex? I don't know. For me, I think that's a comfortability thing. And I think it depends on where I am in a relationship with somebody. Because there are definitely times where it's like, you know, maybe I don't even care about the person that much, which is so rude, but it's honest. (laughs) So, you know, where it's like, okay, well, maybe we're just like hooking up and that's all it's ever going to be. But assuming that it's going to be something longer, I think that should, I think it's about the other person making the woman feel comfortable enough to share all those things. So what specifically can he do to help you feel that comfort? I don't know. For me, that's time. I don't know if it's a specific, like anything. I think when it's worked best for me, It's been when we can have the conversation outside of the bedroom, sitting on the couch or at dinner, being able to talk about whatever the thing is, right? You know, and being non-judgmental about or non, what's non-reactionary, I guess, to what I'm asking. Because if I get even a micro expression of, you know, judgment or irritation or annoyance, I'm not going to ask again. Like it'll just shut me down. And I'm really good at like, or at least I think I am really good at picking up on the little micro like facial expressions of ew or whatever disgust. That is really good. I love what she said about doing it outside of the bedroom. Cause I feel like the opposite usually happens. Yeah. You're waiting yeah, until you're definitely. like already in it. And it's like, Whoa, <laughs> like now we're having, yeah. Like a- yeah. This has turned into a research methods project. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically talk about it outside the bedroom one and two, talk about it in a way that's really just accepting of whatever you're saying, you know, I like this or I want this or for, I don't want this for that matter, rather than like what, or, you know, being surprised or uncomfortable. I mean, but honestly, that advice goes the same for women too, because if a guy wants to ask for something and the woman gets hurt or, you know, feels judged or feels like she's not enough. The thing that pops into my head is always threesome, right? It's a fantasy for a lot of guys and girls and 
women to have a threesome. But if you're in the moment when you're not, if you're not necessarily in the moment, but if you're talking about it and the person feels like, what does that mean? I'm not enough. Does it mean, you know, there's something wrong with me or I'm not, you know, I'm not doing it for you. Sometimes it doesn't even mean that you need to actually do the thing. You don't even have to do the threesome, but sometimes people just want to be able to talk about it and fantasize about it. Like maybe they've never had that experience. And so they don't know what it would really be like, but being able to talk about it is important. What can your partner do to help you feel excited to have sex, you know, later that day, that night, whatever? Is it something that uh, they can help you feel comfortable around or feel excited around? Are there things they can do to sort of make that exciting and interesting? I guess maybe talking about it, like sending messages like, I can't wait to see you later. Or like, you know what I mean? Like throughout the day or I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess like little things where you're that by the time you actually do see each other, whatever kind of like flirty messages or conversations that you have throughout the day, that by the time you actually do see the person, you're like, yes. Yeah. So following on that, like what kind of messages, you know, is it, yeah. What kind of messages are you thinking of? Because I'm sure there are a lot of guys out there going, okay, hi, how's your day? Is that, you know, the kind of message? No, like, <laughs> I don't know, like flirt, like you flirting with the person that you, you like, right? Like sometimes we only flirt with people when we're trying to get to know them, but then we stop flirting with them after we do get to know them. Yeah. You- well, and I'm, I'm struggling with trying to come up with a more concrete example because it's not the flirty, like, what's up? And then sending a dick pic, right? Like that's not flirting. <laughs> right. No. So that, that's part of why I'm asking. Is, yeah. Is no, it, you it's know, not that. I can't wait to bend you over the table tonight. That could be flirting. one. That could be one. Okay. But, but it's also one of those things where you kind of have to be getting there with the person. They can't lead with that. Right? Yeah. Unless I mean, you already have that kind of relationship. Because I don't think I'd be turned on by yeah. like yeah. that as an opener. <laughs> right. Not as an opener. Right. <laughs> Uh, do you want your partner to work for it a little? Can you have sex if you're upset about something with your partner? Oh, like makeup sex? Makeup sex can be good. But also, but if you are upset about something, it depends on the person. Because sometimes people are soothed by that and others don't want to be yeah. touched. So it really, like it's really going to I think it depends depend on the person. person and like yeah. the relationship that you have. Because I could see that, too, where it's like men might look at that as like a stress reliever and women might be like, the fuck were you thinking? (laughs) Any last things you really appreciate when men do in dating and sex and relationships? Okay, I thought of one immediately. So when we're out in public, I'm paying really close attention to how you're interacting with people even other than me. So if you're being disrespectful to wait staff or people at the theater or whatever, that is like a hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. It's not, we're not going to go any further. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, cause I feel like that also translates to how you're going to treat me. Right. Compassion, yeah. caring, respect, all that. Well, especially because those people are strangers. Yeah. There's nothing. But that to me, when someone's disrespectful for like a whatever to wait staff or something like that, it just makes me think like, 
well, who do you think you are that you can treat these people like this? And what have you made up about these people, the people that are working or whatever, that it's okay to talk to them the way that you are or to not love them just as much as you would love someone else that was whatever CEO of something. Um, Oh, I'm thinking of another one that was good and I can't remember. Oh, little, I feel like little things are big things. Like things that maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's as simple as you know what kind of coffee they like and you get it for them, right? Like you snapshot a picture of the label from the Starbucks the next time that they get one so that you can surprise them with it. Like little stuff is big stuff. That's amazing. You know? That just got some really, yeah, that was a really happy expression for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be busting out like Louboutins, but, or another thing would be like listening, like, let's say you're the best gifts I feel like, or like you're out together. And then you say like, Oh my God, that's so cute. And then the person remembers, like they love this from this store and they get you that right. Like it's something that it's not, they asked for it, but you were paying attention enough to the person that you, you, yeah, yeah, you pay attention, like you paid attention and cared enough to make that something that can happen. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a high ticket item either. It could right. be like you notice what kind of ice cream they order. Right. If somebody's authentic and opens up about themselves, then I will also. So yeah. the, I think it's so painful when you're like getting to know somebody and you find that you're just sharing, sharing, sharing. Mm-hmm. And the other person is like closed mm-hmm. because it's like, well, if you're not going to share, why am I gonna, mm-hmm. or not, not that you, it's got to be like tit for tat, but if someone like is authentic and vulnerable, then it, it creates a space for you to be that also. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the relationship could grow faster than if it's like a lot of walls. Yeah. We all have walls. Yeah. hundred percent. There's also, I feel like the more powerful of a female that you are, the harder it is to find a partner because for whatever reason, men decide like, well, they don't need me for anything. But in reality, you really females do need, like we can't do, we can't make out by ourselves. You know, like there are lots of things Maybe we just can't reach things on shelves. Like there's a lot of things that you could be doing that could, that you're, we need you for, you yeah. know, whether it's like a sounding board or whatever. Yeah. What is it that you'd want to say to men about that? I guess to know that you're needed and wanted, mm-hmm. regardless of whether the person makes whatever, not even if it's a dollar amount, but let's say that the person can completely take care of themselves and financially is like, maybe they make more money than you. Maybe they don't, whatever. But like. We wouldn't be interested in chatting with you if you we didn't want you and need you in our lives. I kind of wanted to riff off of what you said about women are weird because we're weird. <laughs> There's no yeah. question about it. There's no like straight direct. It's not like what works for one will work for another. Yeah. And same with men. Yes, yeah. very much so. Yeah. So I don't know what else I wanted to say about that. but <laughs> That's why I feel like the questions are so important hmm. because – you know, if you just ask for what you want and then take people for their word. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's hard to do that, though, because sometimes women will do that double double talk thing where they will say what they think you they want. They will say what they think you want them to uh, say. say. Yeah, thank you. But then you're really getting to know someone <laughs> who's not the person that they are. Right. Yeah. So that will eventually catch up with the woman. Thanks for listening. To help other men find the podcast... Please rate it on iTunes and write a review. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback. Which question did you find most helpful? Email me, greg at makeonlinedatingfun.com. And remember, to get your questions answered, go to makeonlinedatingfun.com questions. But dick pics...
are a constant opener, and I just I don't get it. I don't like either. that's not an opener. Well, that's that could potentially be a closer for sure. <laughs> like you could see that and be like, never mind. And I'm definitely busy later. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Note for the guys: no dick pics. Yeah, seriously, dick pics. no dick pics. And at least groom yourself if you're going to be <laughs> Manscaping is a thing. That is. Because <laughs> if you're going to send it, got to know that we're going to be like looking at it. Like really looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I have mental images going through my head. Right? 